Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the second episode into the series called Walk & Talk Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. In this episode called How'd You Know He Was The One? The Proposal Story. I share the details of the proposal night, which includes how Bobby asked whether I was surprised or not, an unexpected plot twist, and lastly, my answer to the question, how'd you know he was the one? Before I dive into today's podcast episode, let's do a quick little life recap first. The past month has felt like a whirlwind, and I say this because I just don't know where to begin. When I originally started marathon training mid-June, a part of me wanted my only focus to be on training. I didn't want to worry too much on my agency or deal with the decision of re-signing my lease or moving out and all the little things that sneak into your life during the summer. But of course, that's not always the case. Before I knew it, my weekends were booked, socializing took a lot out of me, the clientele list increased, there were shifts in the business structure, my team started to grow, Bobby and I started talking about our timeline together. There were traveling pieces in there. I wanted to take on more personally and professionally. And there was a certain week where everything just erupted. I took on a lot mentally because there was a part of me that thought, well, I'm physically getting stronger, so it must mean I can mentally handle it. And sometimes... That's not always the case. A good friend of mine told me not too long ago something that really resonated with me. I was telling him the stressful parts of what I was going through, and he said, You can do everything you want in life, just not at the same time. There's moments where I feel so in control with where I'm at in life, and I start to assume that I can just add more to my plate because... That just seems like the most reasonable thing to do. And I guess that mental breakdown really reminded me that we're not always in control, even if we're stubborn enough to admit it. That's the main highlight of what I wanted to recap. So let's get on with the episode because I'm sure for those who are new listening to this, you probably just want to hear the story already. There's some context I need to share leading up to it first. You know, I used to wonder what this moment would be like. For starters, I've always been that girl who brushed off relationships because I thought the aspect of doing life with someone else was a sign of weakness. I know, I was very close-minded in that regard. In reality, that mindset stemmed from just fear and insecurity. Insecurity in the sense that The other person would truly see me for myself and not love me back. Being vulnerable was a sign of weakness in my eyes. I had to remain perfect in every way, and that meant keeping people at arm's length, always. My focus was rather fixed. I always envisioned myself as that fashion PR girl living in New York City who didn't pay attention to guys but rather focused on building her career and an empire for herself. 
From high school to college to even the first three years in New York City, I was always the solo girl doing her own thing. It's what was normal to me, and I convinced myself that's all I truly wanted. But you know what's hard about living in New York City? You're literally in couple central. Everywhere you go, from spring to the holidays especially, you'll see couples enjoying the holiday lights, to couples taking walks in Central Park. And even though I try to brush it off, it started to occur to me that I had feelings. Kidding. (laughs) That I was starting to feel the loneliness that comes with being single. So when I'm reflecting back, there is a particular season in my life that I believe prepared me for this current one. A prolonged singleness season of nearly six years. And in this season, I felt very lonely at times and questioned why things never worked out. Every guy I met on Hinge or Bumble, there was something missing in each of them, and I couldn't quite figure it out. The ones I moved forward with were for the wrong reasons or just out of curiosity of whether relationships were supposed to be or feel like this. And the conclusion I came to from these recurring no's was that there was work needed to be done on the inside. I had struggled with how to love myself for the longest time, and even though I claimed I did, I knew that I wasn't there yet. Because if I don't love myself first then how can I expect anyone else to? That's when I just removed myself from the dating apps and the pursuit of trying to find a partner in the city. It was useless to keep trying during the season. Instead, I turned to building a stronger relationship, an unconditional love, one that would never let me down. I put my trust in God during this time and... It started to make sense. I started spending more time with God and that emptiness turned to fulfillment. The way I approached relationships changed. The way I approached friendships changed. I started feeling and becoming different and I was starting to love this version of myself. And it hit me. Things hadn't worked out for me in the past because I was trying to control the situation and be in the driver's seat. I remember very clearly one rainy Friday night in New York City. It was right after work when I was exhausted and tired and I was struggling with the loneliness. I remember in tears praying that the next man God brought into my life, he would be the one. And from then on, I moved forward, making sure I wasn't in the driver's seat. I let go of that thought and control and stuck a post-it reminder on my iMac computer with the verse, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Fast forward to getting back on Hinge for some random reason and... Stumbling across Bobby. 
I shared that little blurb in my Instagram caption not too long ago, in case anyone wants to read it. This approach with Bobby felt different. I simply cannot explain it, but it truly was. I didn't want to navigate this potential relationship like I had done for all the previous ones. I didn't want alcohol involved on the first date. Not just yet, at least. Before we even met in person, we FaceTimed, a suggestion that I brought up in our texts. I hadn't done this before, but I'm so thankful that we did because we spent more than five hours that night talking, and I knew I needed to meet him in person after that. How'd you know he was the one? Well, how does anyone truly know if someone is the one? Is it a gut feeling? A voice in your head that tells you this is your person? For me, it was an assurance prayer from God, where I asked him several times to please close the door if Bobby wasn't the right one for me. I enjoyed conversing with him, hanging out with him, but even then, I trusted God more. If he isn't the one God, please don't waste my time. Please close the door, even if it hurts me. I will walk away. I prayed that over and over. And the closer and closer we became, the more clarity I got from God's answer. I'm a firm believer that he put Bobby in my life in his perfect timing, not my own. But I know you guys aren't just tuning in for the How We Met story, and this is indeed getting long, but I'm getting there. I hope you're enjoying the build-up, though. It's so important to share these little details because... This proposal was so very meticulous. Bobby really nailed it with the details. This process started back in May, when Bobby and I flew home to Fayetteville, North Carolina to spend a weekend with my parents. He had planned that weekend to take my dad out to lunch and ask him for my hand in marriage. The weekend was a success, and he got the yes. That following weekend in May, we made an appointment to visit one of my clients, Kim's Jewelry, in the Diamond District. We have been working together for nearly a year now, and I knew that when the time came, I wanted the engagement ring to be from Kim's Jewelry. They've been one of the best clients to work with, and I couldn't imagine anyone else customizing the engagement ring. That day, I got fitted, tried on the ring I wanted, customized it to my liking, and we left that day ecstatic of what was to come. We placed the custom order, and Bobby took it from there. I wasn't allowed to know when it'd be picked up and what would happen next. This was the start of an exciting chapter, one that I hadn't truly processed just yet. Back in early June, Bobby told me to block out three weekend dates. The first one was July 28th, August 5th, and another weekend in October. I had a feeling one of these was the actual engagement, but he wouldn't tell me anything on which one it was. There was a particular dress that I had wanted to wear for the engagement, so I jokingly told him I'd just wear it all three times. Laughing at that idea considering that dress is a lot. <laughs> 
I remember putting it on and thinking, am I really going to wear this three times? <laughs> For the pics, right? The first weekend came around. It was Friday, July 28th, and Bobby gave me all the instructions for that day. I planned to end work at 3 p.m. to start getting ready because he had told me, the Uber is picking you up at 5 p.m. I called my sister as I was getting ready, each conversation building up to this excited, nervous feeling that tonight could potentially be the night. The Uber came at 5. I hopped in. And me being me, I did take a peek at the location of the drop-off. It didn't specify, because of course, Bobby had this planned out too. He told me he had his bases covered, and I'm sure he wouldn't have forgotten this little detail. So, I got comfortable because it was a 42-minute car ride to a location I didn't even know of. When we crossed the Queensboro Bridge... I was perplexed. Queens? Where were we going? I was sending Bobby text messages, playing the guessing game, but he wouldn't budge. Can you imagine if he just cracked down now? The car pulled by a suit supply in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and I laughed at the irony. Of course, he had set the destination to his favorite store. I got out, and Bobby greeted me, gestured to Suit Supply, and we both laughed. He led me past Suit Supply, down the street, to a restaurant called Luca, right beside the William Vale Hotel. I smiled and pointed up at the William Vale. Wait, have you been to the William Vale before? They have the highest rooftop in Brooklyn called Westlight that overlooks Manhattan, and it's really pretty. I got really chatty, probably because of the nerves, and also said, My client is also getting married up there, and I'm shooting social media content for her wedding. Bobby kept nodding with a straight face, and we walked into Luca. He disappeared momentarily as I waited by the bar. I should have even tried to figure out where he went, but I was too focused on the pretty interior of this restaurant. I got the photos of the location that I wanted, of course, and we sat down for dinner. This place is known for their Aperol Spritz. Apparently, it's the best, Bobby said as we got our menus. And he wasn't wrong. There was something about that Spritz. It was different, really spot on. We ordered two pasta dishes, and I kept the conversation to questions about the night and what would go down. I looked at Bobby. He seemed calm, reserved, all with a smile on his face. He kept making sure I was enjoying this moment and the dinner because he had three reservations tonight and everything was coordinated by the time. Leave it to Bobby to make it a night to surely remember. We finished dinner. Great pasta, by the way and he led me down the street to our next destination. He gestured to the William Vale Hotel with a laugh. Earlier, when you mentioned this, I wanted to laugh because this is our next reservation. I got us a table at Westlight, and it's inside, facing the window, so you wouldn't get too hot and sweaty from being outside. Truly, 
this man knows me. Because the minute I get really hot and sweaty, I start getting cranky and bothered. We were seated and we ordered drinks. I looked to my left. This was magical. The sun was starting to set slowly over the horizon, and I could see Manhattan glowing from the distance. I remember looking right at Bobby again, and he was taking it all in. I'd never seen him so calm. Maybe it wasn't happening tonight. Maybe this was a preview of what could happen the next weekend. I continued to second-guess myself throughout this second reservation. Regardless of whether it was happening tonight, I was happy. This night was assuring so far, and everything seemed and felt perfect. He knew me so well, and I knew I could go home that night happy of that reassurance alone. I saw him glance at his watch, and he said, Let's go upstairs and get the photos and videos you want, because we have another reservation after this. Again, he just knew. And he was so calm about it, too. When it was 8.15, he said we needed to head to our next stop. We left Westlight and headed down the elevator to the lobby. But instead of exiting the hotel, Bobby took a right and led us to the hotel elevator. My heart dropped. You booked a room here? I looked at him wide-eyed. He simply pulled out a hotel key card for the elevator and smiled as he hit floor 20. As we headed up, it still hadn't occurred to me what this could be. It seemed like he was just wanting to show me the room because I hadn't seen the hotel rooms before. I noticed it was a corner suite as he opened the door and let me in. My jaw dropped when I saw the suite. It was spacious. I started to walk in, and that's when I saw something. Towards the terrace door, there was a table with candles and two photo frames of me and Bobby. I froze. And what's so funny is that my initial thought wasn't, this is happening, but instead, where is the photographer hiding then? My eyes drifted over to the large curtains. Was this person going to leap out at any moment? I looked back at Bobby, and he was fumbling with something behind the pillow. Oh my gosh. Wait. Go look at the terrace, Grace. You'll love it. He managed to get out, and I opened the door and gasped. The view was the same from Westlight, but our very own private view. But wait, this terrace, how long was it? I started to follow around the corner, and that's when I saw Bryn. She was standing at the end, holding a camera, and my jaw dropped. I was shocked. I had sent Bryn on a content shoot a few hours prior, and had even talked to her this morning about her weekend plans. And this was such an unexpected plot twist. Bryn starts smiling and laughing, and I turn back to Bobby. And alas, there it was. It's true when they say in the moment, things feel like a blur, almost like you black out. 
I could feel my heart beating so fast, hyperventilating and getting teary-eyed at the same time. Was I really crying? How does one feel in this moment? My hands were shaking. I didn't know which expressions to emote. This was really happening. Right there, right now. Bobby was down on one knee with the ring box in his hand. Bryn was over on the side snapping photos. The sun was setting behind me. And in that fleeting moment, all I wanted was for time to stand still. Everything about this exact memory was simply perfect. Right out of a fairy tale. Bobby opened the ring box and a shiny bright light shone down on the ring. It was breathtaking, sparkly, mesmerizing. Best friend, I managed to hear. Also, rest of my life. I think back to this moment and I can't help but laugh. A part of me wonders what would have happened had I been functional in that moment. Maybe I would have been able to process the words Bobby was saying right then and there. But the truth is, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Later that night, he told me everything. The planning, the coordinating, the rehearsing. All finalized in a detailed Google Doc. When to turn off his location so I couldn't track him to researching past history of this weekend for potential weather forecasts, to even timing the sunset with this moment. I was blown away. He really did pull it off. As we were getting ready for the night, we heard loud sounds outside the balcony. We looked out and there were fireworks right beside us. So loud and so close. We have no idea who was shooting them and for what reason, but we like to joke and say that it was for a special night. The next morning, the bliss continued. Bobby ordered us room service and we wore the comfy robes outside to the balcony and just enjoyed the sun and the view for the next four hours. One of the best decisions we made was just to take it all in without the world knowing. Not yet, at least. Our family briefly knew of it, so did a couple of close friends, but that was it. This downtime to ourselves was so important and carefree. I'm so glad we did that because it was our little secret and something we wanted to indulge on for the rest of the weekend. For the single girl or guy listening to this, I know this may be the toughest waiting period you've ever gone through. It feels like there's no chance of finding that person in your current life season. Maybe you're just exhausted at this point, so worn out from all the potentials, disappointments, and letdowns. Maybe you've been hurt way too many times, and it's not even worth trying anymore. And I wish I could say that it'll get easier shortly after, but that's not always the case. I know you'll come across those tempting moments where you just want to cave, go after the next person who shows the slightest interest in you, and just give up on all the values you've held onto for so long. This is a reminder to not settle for anything less than God's best, to work on yourself 
for yourself and never to rush this process. Every now and then, my eyes will drift to that iMac computer screen where the post-it still remains. Matthew 6, And I'll just smile at it. It reminds me of the moments where I felt so weak, so broken, so tired of the singleness season. It reminds me of the strength and courage that blossomed through a season that felt like a drought. But most importantly, it reminds me of a simple promise from God that He always has something better for us in store, in His time. In retrospect, I can see that weight is the most precious answer God can give us. It makes us cling to Him rather than cling to any outcome. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the Walk and Talk series. You can submit your podcast topic you'd like to hear next on your walk or run. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in.